Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources is live from the state capitol. Coverage from the state capitol. Eye on the Hill 2023. Special coverage with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. We are broadcasting live from the old Supreme Court chambers here, the state capitol. It's been a very active day already here on Utah's Capitol Hill, and I'm really thrilled to be joined now uh, by Utah Senate President Stuart Adams. And uh, President Adams, a uh, uh, a lot to do. The game is on and uh, loved your speech from this morning as you kind of laid out some of those priorities. Uh, but give us your sense rolling in uh, to this year's 45 day sprint. Uh, what's uh, what's high on your priority list? Well, Boyd, welcome to the Capitol. Uh, obviously, uh, we're going to fund education at record levels again. Uh, we're talking about uh, actually direct funding teacher salaries. We've, we've again funded teachers at record levels but somehow their their salaries have not kept up we're going to do a tax cut again and again and again both record funding for uh, teachers and a tax cut are two of the top priorities wonderful and uh, from your speech today as you open up uh, the session there uh Big points from this show uh, in that you went right to Madison and uh, the 10th Amendment, uh, talking about some of that federalism. Uh, Give us some of the federalism components to the agenda up here. Well, we've seen what's happened on a federal level, and we're seeing some of the things that they're doing. I can't imagine that uh, federal economists didn't know what would happen when they blocked oil pipelines and actually had uh, oil prices rise. We all know that happened back in the 80s, happened again in 2008. When oil prices rose, our economy slowed and when you, uh, we, because interest rates had to go up. And when you raise interest rates, economy slow. And, and this is a cycle that I think we could have avoided. We do things well in Utah. We've managed our affairs well. And I think in the states are where we should be making policy decisions. And, and we proved that in Utah. We have the best economy in the nation rated for the 15th year in a row, the best out spot for economic outlook. That's the reason why we can cut taxes and fund education at record levels. Yeah, those uh, laboratory of democracies are still the place, uh, and the 10th Amendment got it right. Uh, I want to get to one of the issues that I think is on everybody's mind, uh, despite the fact that we've had uh, just some great snowfall the last couple of weeks but uh, water of course uh, continues to be on everyone's mind as we try to work our way through this uh, drought but give us some perspective in terms of one where we are as it relates to water what's high on the priority list in the senate uh, when it comes to dealing with some of these water challenges and some of the challenges that come from growth and water you're right on we ought to be uh, thankful for the uh, for the moisture we've received i think we're over 200 percent and of normal in many spots but Utah is still the second driest state in the nation. 
So we're going to continue to work on water. Uh, water development is one uh, way we can look at it, or one thing that we're look, working on. But in addition to water development, uh, we need to continue to try to conserve water. And we're seeing new innovative ideas. Uh, subsurface drip systems, systems that allow you to actually uh, put water underneath the ground, drip it into the plant. You can actually add uh, nutrients or fertilizer to it, get twice the yield with half the water. If we can cut our water usage in half, especially in the agricultural areas, uh, we'll have a, we will have solved, I think, our water problem. Uh, and I love the fact that you're uh, looking at this. You mentioned in your speech on the floor today uh, that it really is uh, our turn to plan for the next hundred years. We've we've really benefited from uh, those hundred years ago who had incredible foresight uh, that allowed this place to really blossom. Uh, what are some of the other things we need to make sure we're doing or funding or allocating as we look a hundred years out? Well, again, everybody ought to personally try to conserve. But also, we have the opportunities. You look at other states. Uh, this is not just a Utah issue. We've got the whole Intermountain West that's experiencing uh, this drought. And we need to work with those other states. There's water that is going elsewhere that we may be able to redirect, work with our neighbors to the south, California, Arizona, work with our neighbors to the north. And again, uh, we may actually look as far north as Canada and as far south as, as Arizona or, or California. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Yeah, and let's get into that education piece for just a, a minute. Obviously, uh, figuring out how to both cut taxes. Uh, you talked about uh, the pay for our teachers, making sure we're keeping them in the right spot. Uh, what are some of the other things that we should be thinking about or watching for as we move into the session? Well, during the pandemic, Boyd, we I had teachers all over the state that were calling me, and they wanted more control over their child's education. Uh, we've given that, uh, especially to the, the, those children with autism, We've been able to give them a uh, uh, money that part of the WPU, and they actually take those state dollars, and they've been able to get better care, better education for specifically kids with autism or with other disabilities. And the state saves money because we don't give them the entire amount that we spend on them. And so there's more money left for teachers or for education or for those uh, that stay in traditional systems. That needs to be broadened because parents are wanting to be able to have more choice, more decision-making as to where their kids go to school, and that'll be something we'll take up this year also. Yeah, you also mentioned a little bit of a tax cut. What does that look like, and then how are we balancing uh, the immediate benefit of a tax cut uh, versus some of those long-term planning and, and growth issues that we're facing as a state? One of the advantages, Boyd, of having a good economy is we can do both. And uh, some states cut taxes, and I've seen states uh, work really hard to cut taxes. Other states have done very good at funding education and social issues. In Utah, because of our strong economy, we are able to do both. And we, we're, we are going to cut taxes, and we're going to be able to fund education, both at record levels. And that is one of the strengths of having a strong economy. 
Uh, and then finally, uh, before I let you go, I know it's a very uh, busy uh, first day here on Capitol Hill. Uh, I want to look at, for just a second about uh, energy and infrastructure. I know these were also important uh, points of your initial address to your colleagues. Well, you know, we're not going to be able to continue to build freeways. We aren't going to be able to continue to uh, 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 have road, road construction be the answer. It's time, and I think I mentioned in my speech, that it's time we, we actually fix or work on front runner. It needs to be competitive with driving the automobile. It needs to be electrified. We need double track it. We need express trains. You shouldn't be stopping every every stop. You able to, you should have trains that take you from one spot to the other more efficiently. Increase the speed from 79 up to 150 miles an hour. It's probably past time that we actually focused and, and spent some resources and worked on public transportation system. We can do it. Other states, other countries have done it. And we we need to really focus on our public transportation system. All right. And then finally, President, any uh, anything you wish that the citizens of the state were watching just a little closer or things you wish they were engaging on a little bit during this 45-day session? You know, Utah does a pretty good job. Uh, we've opened things up, which I hope everyone listening knows. Is we used to have, a com- have to come up to the Capitol and you'd have to come to a committee meeting, park, get in, you know, get get into the meeting itself. Now you can actually join virtually. So if you're following an issue and there's a committee hearing or something you want to participate in, you can actually Zoom call in and uh, get on the agenda and and let your voice be heard. And that's what's so great about Utah is we have so many people that stay involved, and it helps this process. It is actually a a, a wonderful, beautiful process. When the ideas get first introduced, they get better by having 104, 103 other legislators look at them. When the public looks at them and stakeholders look at your ideas, they, they become a ton better. And so I hope the citizens continue to be involved as they have in the past and will again have a great process in Utah. Uh, fantastic. That's the president of the Utah State Senate, Stuart Adams. Uh, president, thanks so much for joining us today. And the and the good news, you got uh, 44 and a half days left in this legislative session. <laughs> thanks for joining us today. That is good news. Thanks for having me, boy. <laughs> All right. That's Stuart Adams, again, president of the Utah State Senate. And uh, a big a big task and a lot to do in 45 days here in the state of Utah. I hope you realize how unique that is across the country uh, to be able to do it in 45 days and to continue to do it. Uh, on path and on budget uh, is something that we all should be proud of. Uh, and as President Adams stated, lean in. This is your opportunity. There's uh, many different ways to do it, whether you come up to the Capitol or whether you join virtually. Uh, you can not just watch. You can participate, have your voice heard. Uh, this is the process, and it, there's ways for all of us to, to actually engage in that and uh, some great things here. So we're going to continue to broadcast uh, from here at the state Capitol uh, throughout the afternoon here on KSL News Radio. We'll step aside for a quick commercial break. More to come. We're broadcasting live from Utah's Capitol Hill on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.